So excited about uh, this year. As we start this year, I had kind of a word on my heart, and that's Be Transformed, and that's the series that we're going into. Um, We know and believe at Heart Church that transformation comes from the inside out. And so we look at this passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and it says, Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what I love about this in the Greek, if you look at the word conform, it has to do with being formed into a mold. It's like uh, you ever made sugar cookies, right? It's the mold of the, of the thing that goes around it to make the sugar cookie. That's being conformed. The word in Greek of uh, transformed is literally an inner work that happens coming outside of you. And that's where the transformation comes from. And so we're going to look at this specifically as it relates to um, our mind. Because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so really it's going to be a gigantic series over the next four, maybe five weeks, really looking at renewing our mind, the power of our mind, the battlefield of the mind, and the importance of us as we go into this new year, getting our mind right. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to get your mind right. You got to get your mind right. Before we get there, I want to read a passage of scripture that isn't going to seem like it makes a lot of sense, but it's a story in the Bible that we're going to come back to and land the plane on. So I just want to plan it in your mind. This is going to be a sort of a combination of some teaching and some preaching. And I think we're going to have a really good time. And at the end of the day, Jesus is going to show up. It's going to be awesome. You with me? I love Heart Church. Anybody miss, you just miss being here? I miss being here. Two weeks off. It's not going to be up on the screen. I'm just going to read it out. So if you need to close your eyes or whatever to kind of listen, but I just want you to just soak in this story for a minute out of Mark chapter 5. And it's a story of two daughters. And it says this, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat, the other side, verse 21 in Mark chapter 5, a great multitude gathered to him by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. He was a pastor of a synagogue. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she will live. So Jesus went with him. Verse 25, Now a certain woman, another daughter, had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. So she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. Verse 32. And he looked around, Jesus, to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and said the whole truth. It was me. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Father God, today we ask for a transformation. But this transformation isn't from a religion. It's not from do's and don'ts or being better. But it's something that takes place as you, by your Holy Spirit, begins to open up our eyes to see again a little bit more who you are. That we remove the clutter and the distractions and the obstacles that have been hindering us. And Jesus, we once again realize who you've created us to be. 
we begin to become like you as we gaze upon your beauty and behold you. And so, Father, that's our ask and our desire this morning, that we might see you, that we might behold you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, the title of my message is, I've made up my mind. I have made up my mind. Anybody know any stubborn people? So, when Heather and I had just gotten married, I learned that Heather has made up her mind about a few things. It's one of the things I love about her. She's not a pushover. And she loves animals, passionate about animals. And one of her desire that coincides with her other passion is running. She loves running. In fact, we just had a long conversation. Isn't that an appropriate way to say an argument? It was a conversation um, about running because she wants to do another marathon. And I've been sort of trying to talk her off the ledge because she's got rods in her back from scoliosis. And, you know, the pounding is not great on your back and you only have one back. You don't get another one. So uh, she already ran one marathon and uh, we've been in this conversation about running. And when we first got married, she, one of her desires also was to have a dog running partner because I'm not a great running partner. Um, but, but dogs, they're always up for it. They never cancel on you is what Heather says about her running partner. They never cancel. And so anyway, when we first got married, we got a dog. Well, it was a puppy. Her name was Hershey. Now, we have a chocolate lab named Coco right now, but Hershey was our first chocolate lab. They're pretty much identical dogs, except Coco's the best dog ever. But Hershey, she, um, she's a sweetheart, and, and we, when we first got her, she's getting a puppy. I don't know how, how many weeks or months, but very much a puppy. And so I remember Heather, like, wanting to start taking her on walks and just kind of starting to get used to it. But, you know, she's a spaz, like a total spaz at this point. She's a puppy. And so we... Uh, we went on a, um, something for, for church. We were gone all day and our dog was in the kennel. And you know, like when you get a dog out of the kennel that's been in there literally all day, they are just going crazy, right? So we were in our like best, like Sunday best. She was in high heels and we're like dressed up and we get home. The first thing we do is we got to let the dog out. Got to let the dog out. We just felt so bad. I remember actually feeling bad, which I don't typically feel bad for animals, but I actually did, which means it was really bad. So... I felt bad for the dog, right? So we get the dog out the front yard and we're just like, you know, run free, right? Well, the dog didn't really want to run a whole lot. And so we're like, no, you need to actually get your energy out because we're about to go back inside and put you back in the kennel when we go to bed. So we need you to run. So we were having to like coax the dog. And so I remember having the leash and I was just kind of like, come on, let's run. And she just wanted to hang out with us, trying to get her out. And Heather was like, well, I have a good idea because uh, I'm wanting to start getting her into running. I can just like, kind of start, take her off the leash and I can just start taking off running, right? And maybe the dog will follow. And I'm like, this is such a bad idea because you're in high heels or something, uh, something similar and, uh, and the dog is not trained, right? So who knows what's going to happen? Well, she had made up her mind. She's like, we're doing this. I'm like, Fine. You made your bed. Go for it. It's going to be awesome. Very least, it'll be entertainment. So uh, I let the dog off the leash and Heather, she's a good runner, takes off running down the, the, the street. So the dog sees Heather, takes off running after her, 
thrum, 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 running next to Heather. And all of a sudden the dog's like, wouldn't it be awesome if I cut in front of Heather and Heather face planted? So this is the dog, what the dog was thinking and then did it. Face plant skidded on the street. So she's like in like a like nice Sunday attire. Like back then we dressed up for church. And, and she's face, and I'm like, no, right? So I'm like, that's not the entertainment I wanted. So I'm running after her, right? I get up to her and I'm like, babe, are you okay? And she goes, no joke. I still remember this after all these years. No joke. She's face planted like this. And I'm like, babe, are you okay? And she goes, don't touch me. <laughs> like it's my fault. She's not mad at the dog. The dog's still her best friend. I have made up my mind. As we go into 2023, um, you've made up your minds about some things and you've set some resolutions and you're like, I'm going to be better here. I'm going to do this. But the, the, the reality is we made up our mind a long time ago. And some of the things that we made up our mind about are not helpful in our life. And some of those things are on the surface and you could recognize them. And some of those things are a little bit deeper. And you don't necessarily know that they're happening, but they're running in the background of your life and in your mind. And, and in the end, they dictate how you think and how you feel and ultimately guide your life. I wrote a few of them down. I'm not good enough. Nah, this Bible stuff doesn't work for me. No one sees me and cares about me. I'll always be this way. I'll always struggle with this. I'll never heal from this hurt or disappointment. That person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Most of us, most Christians don't know what to do with the thoughts the enemy plants in their mind. And as much as I love the phrase, the battle belongs to the Lord, and as much as I believe that Jesus on the cross conquered hell, death, and the grave, the reality is there is a battle to be fought. Jesus won the war, gave us the tools to be victorious, but the truth is the battle is in our mind. And my goal today is to set the stage, and this is such a big topic, and there's so much to talk about and so many scriptures that I could use. The difficulty in preparing this message is weeding out what I'm not going to say because there's so much to be said uh, on so many levels. And so we're going we're gonna to just touch on it today, and we're going to dig in deeper over the coming weeks. But what I want you to see is that there is a battle, and Jesus has equipped you and me he has defeated the devil. But there is a role that you and I play and it is life or death in this battle. And I don't think there's a better message going into the new year to say, I'm going to make up my mind about a few things and I'm gonna undo a few things heading into all that God has for me. The battleground is the Lord. So, the first idea that I have is this. Your mind is the governor of your life. Your mind is the governor of your life. I love golf. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm not with my family. If I'm just with my friends, I love to go golfing. 
And God gave me this analogy uh, that I think you'll appreciate and at the very least paints a great picture of this dynamic. So if you've ever been on a golf course, then you'll know that the newer courses, they, their golf carts are digital and they have like a GPS that kind of shows you where you're on the course. Um, and, you know, they're more comfortable and all this kind of stuff. And what they began to do on the nicer courses is they create a kind of a, a digital fence, if you will, of where the golf cart can go and not go. Because they don't want you driving on places in the golf course, like up on the green, for instance. They don't want you doing that because you can wreck the course. Well, back in the old days, you know, it's analog, right? The, the, the golf carts aren't, aren't digital. Well, now with GPS, they can literally map out where you can and can't go with this golf cart. It's like a governor, right? It's like, you know, they do the same thing with speed. Some of the golf courses, even when you're driving and you start going down to a steep hill, it'll say on the screen, steep hill, and then it'll slow your cart down for you. And it's super frustrating because they treat you like a child, like I can't drive more than two miles an hour down the hill. But again, the idea is we don't want them to wreck this thing across the cliff. And so, you know, the right idea. And so I had the privilege of working at a golf course who had one of these systems. And so I actually know how it works. And I know about the control room. There is a control room and you literally set and map out where the golf course on the entire course, where it can go. You draw lines. And then during the day, you send out like 50 golf carts to play golf. And in the control room, you know where everyone is. And you even know when some of them are kind of going wayward and they stop and it's so frustrating. Guys, anybody, even gals, anybody ever been on a golf cart where it stops and you have to hit reverse and go back and get to where you're supposed to be and then it lets you go again, right? Because it's like this fence that keeps you where you're supposed to be. And so being somebody who worked at a golf course, I get it and I know how all that works. It's a beautiful analogy because... The reality is, our life, well, we're the golf cart. And we spent so many times in the ditch, being somewhere we're not supposed to be, right? Just kind of driving all over the place in life. And at some point, you and me said, Jesus, I kind of need you to take the wheel. I mean, right? Like, that's, that's the reality. Carrie Underwood, Jesus, take the wheel. And so, and so we say, God, like, like I, need you to, I, I need you to take over. Keep me out of the ditch. I'm tired of getting in trouble and I want to go on the straight and narrow, take over my life. And he says, gladly, right? He showers with his grace and his goodness and he start, begins to share with us the awesome things he has for our future. You look at it in Ephesians. And in the first part of Ephesians, it talks about how Jesus has saved us by his grace and that every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus. It's, every blessing is yes and amen. And so these are the things that God has for us. Unfortunately, he doesn't have complete control. Even when we say, Jesus, take the wheel. I wrote this, more often not that the boundary lines have been drawn incorrectly. I don't want you to miss this. Because this is where some people give up too early 
on God and church and Christianity because they try it and they say, God, take over. And then it's like not really anything changes and we're kind of just back in the same ditch. And then we're like, oh, that didn't work. God didn't, Jesus didn't work and the, the, you know, the church didn't work. Because I, I, I tried to give you control, but I'm still going back to the same places that I was before. It's interesting because the boundary lines, when they're drawn incorrectly, we can see the green pastures. We can see the goodness. We can even see other people walking in the fullness of God, walking in victory, walking in wholeness, walking in blessing. Like I see them over there. I see them enjoying the golf course. If you've ever been on a golf course, it's beautiful. Like the green fairways and it's amazing. And it's like I see other people enjoying it. I just can't seem to get it. For me, it's almost like there's a glass ceiling that I bump up against or an invisible barrier and I try to get over there and my golf cart just stops and I have to hit reverse. It doesn't work. It's interesting. I've been on a golf course actually where the boundary lines were incorrectly drawn and it's the most frustrating thing because you're driving backwards most of the round because you can't go where you need to go. And I'm thinking, what in the world happened? What happened? Well, maybe, maybe there was an employee, a disgruntled employee with a practical joke in the control room, right? He's drawing the line. Maybe that's what happened. Or maybe it was somebody who's been hurt before. I'm just trying to play it safe. I don't know, maybe, maybe he just needs to be in control all the time. Maybe that's why the boundary lines are, are so strict and not helpful. Maybe, maybe she doesn't trust people and so it kind of influenced the way that these, these lines were drawn in this control room. Maybe they've just given up on the immeasurably more that God has for them. That, that, that's an awesome idea, Shane. And, and I love that God has more for me, but I, I don't know, I just haven't seen it in my life. And so I'm just, I just need to play it safe. And so we, in the control room of our mind, we begin to draw, and you've done this your whole life. We have done this our whole life. And some of these boundaries that were drawn when you were 13 years old, when you were 20 years old, when you, when, when you hit that wall and you faced that breakup and that heartbreak and you just begin to, you begin to draw another line of this is where I need to live life. This is how life works for me. And, and so we have this picture and it guides our life. And so we come to God and we say, God, I believe everything that you have for me. And I see it out there and I see people enjoying it. So Jesus, take the wheel of my life. And he goes, I'll do it, Shane. I'll do it gladly. But then he comes and he begins to introduce us to something that he has for us. And all of a sudden the cart stops. And it gets put into reverse. And it gets back on track. Because here, there's a map and not even God can override it unless you let him. He can't do it. He can point you to the green pastures. Like, like David said, listen, the Lord's my shepherd and I, I don't have anything that I need because he leads me to still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. This is what he does. Unfortunately, our mind is the governor 
for our life. It dictates where God can take you. God can point at it and say, that's yours. I won that for you. I purchased it for you. It's yours. But you say, no. Sorry, God, I, I don't feel worthy of that. And so I'm going to keep working for it. I'm going to keep working so I can deserve that. Thanks, though. But I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and put this thing in reverse and get back on the real track, the real track for me, which is hard work, shame, guilt, bitterness, victimization, struggle, This is the track I live on, God. And so thank you for taking the wheel and thank you for all that you do. You're so good, God, and I want to worship you. But just so you know, this is the path that I'm on because this is the path I've earned for my life. And so maybe there'll be a few good things here and a few good things there, but all of that, that's for the really good people. And it's all right here. And so Jesus, he wants to break that down. See, the children of Israel had the same dilemma. You remember this. The children of Israel, like God was like, oh my gosh, I have, I have the whole thing for you. The whole, like all of, of the promised land is yours. And they came to the edge of the Jordan. They sent in 12 spies and 10 of them came back and they said, ah, God, the, you're drawn outside of the map that we created. We don't have the power or the ability. We can't do that. No, God, you got, you got to keep us on the path. And two of them came back and said, we are more than able. Amen. Come on, blow up that map. Blow up that default that's in your mind that's from the enemy. Those seeds and those lies that he's played it to keep you narrow, to keep you limited, to keep you less than God has because God has a broad place for you to live. So two of the spies said, come on, let's do this. God can go in and blow up that whole control center and create a new map. Create a new map. He can do that. Fortunately for us, God has given us the keys to the control room. As I said, I was an employee at a golf course and I remember like only a few people were allowed back behind the counter to see this whole command center where all this happened. And I'm telling you, Jesus gave you and me the keys to get back to that control center and remap the whole thing. So 2023, I've made up my mind to draw new boundary lines. I've made up my mind. I'm going to draw new boundary lines. How about you? The things that have held me back are not going to hold me back anymore. The things that have held me back, the the, the mindsets that have kept me from believing all that God has for me. Because remember, we started out this thing by saying, where does transformation come from? It comes from within. You're not going to experience transformation this year because you've made some great New Year's resolutions to do better. You may experience positive change. Do those things. That's a win. But transformation comes from the inside while we begin to believe differently, think differently, And that begins to transform our life. 
This may sound sim- silly, um, but we opened the, the message with talking about Heather and, and this, this running episode. And, it, it, you know, as an example, it would have been easy for Heather to sort of give up on the whole concept of running with dogs because of how bad it happened. Now, the likelihood of her giving up because of that moment, low. But I want to say this to you. Some of us have given up on the dreams and the things that we have had in our hearts because somewhere back in our past, something traumatic happened and we said, no, nah, I can't ever believe again. I can't ever trust again. I, 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 don't, I don't know that, that that's really what God has for me anymore. I, I don't know if, if, if I'm worthy of that. And, and those traumatic things can, can stunt your growth and keep you from believing and ultimately walking in the things that you have for you. And can I tell you, today, one of Heather's greatest joys, truly, besides hanging out with me, is running with her two dogs. And I have a picture. That was this morning, literally. She has like this harness. You see the harness? It's like a bobsled. It's like a sled. Like, babe, is it really running? They're pulling you. And she's like, no, they don't pull me. I, she's like, I pull them. <laughs> but, but what an example of something that's her greatest joy that could have been thwarted or stopped way back when. And again, silly example, but how many times has that happened to us? Where the enemy throws something at you. Why? Because down the road, he knows that's going to be one of your greatest victories. One of the most incredible things that God has for you. And so we need to remap our mind. And so I want to land the plane with this. It's it's a daily choice. First of all, and we're going to unpack this more over the next coming weeks, but practically, it is a daily choice to let the Holy Spirit in to help us remap this thing. And there's a a powerful scripture. It says 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So go back to the last screen, uh, verse 4. So our weapons are mighty in God. And notice this whole thing is about the last verse. This whole deal is about taking every thought captive. Right? You notice the way that it's worded bringing every thought into captivity. So this whole thing is summed up in we're going to bring every thought captive. And we have mighty weapons, divine power to do that. In what categories? Well, there's strongholds. There's arguments. You ever had an argument here? Right? We talked about it shower talk a couple months, a couple weeks ago. We had these talks in the shower, right? Where it's like you're having a conversation with somebody that you'll probably never have in real life, but you're just frustrated. And so you're rehearsing in your mind. There are arguments in your mind. We have divine power. And the last one is a high thing. What's, it's a, high, what's a high thing? It's anything that exalts itself above God's word. Anything that exalts itself above God's word is a high thing. We all have them. And they're, they're mapping our mind and allowing us and keeping us in this, on this little narrow path that's less than God has for us. And so over the next coming weeks, we're going to tackle what does it look like to invite the Holy Spirit in every day. I, I almost do this prayer verbally 
almost every day. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd take control of my mind today. I ask that you would, that you would give me thoughts from heaven, that you, would, that you would elevate my thinking today. Flesh, I'm not listening to you today. That's not what we're doing. We're making up our mind to set our thoughts on heaven. And the Holy Spirit, he'll do that if you let him. He'll begin to give you a different perspective in your life. Now this remapping takes some time, but it's every day inviting the Holy Spirit in to say, come on, I don't want to think about that person the way my flesh wants to think about them. You know that person. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody think about that person. Yeah, we're making up our mind to think about them differently. Because I'm not the victim and they're not the enemy. What's behind? Listen, I'm, I'm helping somebody right now. What's behind the dynamic with that person? That's the real enemy. They're not my enemy, they're my mission. Because I can love them like Jesus loves them. And I can hate what's behind it. Right? That's pulling down arguments. Not what, whatever is motivating this, I'm going to pray that thing out of here and I'm going to love the heck out of that person because they are not my enemy and I'm not the victim. This is one example of remapping our life because it's not enough to say, Jesus, take the wheel. It's Holy Spirit, rework my mind so that I can elevate my thoughts so that I can be kingdom-minded kingdom and heavenly-minded. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. I want to land on this because, because there's something deeper here that, that, that I, want to, I want to hit. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says this, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I was just rehearsing this over and over, like as a man thinks in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart. And I was kind of emphasizing thinks because that's what we're talking about, right? It's our mind, how we think. And then kind of God, the Holy Spirit, sort of led me to as a man thinks in his heart. At a heart level. Like there's some remapping that needs to take place that's at surface level. It's just kind of how we think, right? Like every day, renew my mind. I don't want to like get my mind out of the garbage. I want to I think the best of people. I want to be positive. Like all of that stuff is really good and healthy. But there are some thoughts that define who you are at a heart level. These are the truly deep things. And I just feel like, I feel like as, as, as we enter this year, I felt like Jesus wanted to speak to some of us and tell you whatever you were working through in 2022 that was dragging you down, we're not going to take it into the new year because Jesus wants to speak something over you that's profound. And he brought me to the passage that we read out of Mark chapter 5. And that's why I want to end with this story. So first of all, you have a pastor contending for his daughter. Jesus, my daughter's sick. Would you come? Jesus is like, dude, first of all, I love the fact that as a father, right, you're taking the pastor hat off. He wasn't like, I'm a, I'm a big deal, right? I'm a pastor of a synagogue. Jesus, I kind of, I'm a rabbi too. No, he didn't do any of that. He didn't even say, Jesus, I'm a rabbi. He just said, Jesus, I'm a father. And I'm contending for my daughter. Would you come? Absolutely, I'll come. Come right now. 
So as he was going, there was another daughter that came. And she didn't have somebody to contend for her. The Bible says that she had been dealing this for years and years. And when we went to Israel, I discovered for the first time where this lady came from and that it was Caesarea Philippi, which is really, really far north. So she would have had to walk days on a dirt road to get to Jesus by herself, afflicted. She wasn't in the hospital and she had her father come and say, my daughter's sick. I need you to come pray for her. No, she was sick and outcast because of blood. They would cast you out. You're unclean. And she had to come all by herself and contend for herself. And she came to Jesus with all of this that she'd been dragging her whole life. She spent all that she had. She was at her wits end. Like, I don't know what else to do. Jesus, I've given you the wheel so many times and you've done nothing. I'm still stuck. I'm still stuck. And maybe I've seen a little bit of change in my life and, and, and man, maybe there's been a few good things, but like I still feel stuck. And I don't know if there's anybody here that can relate with that. Where you're just like, man, the breakthrough that I'm wanting, the breakthrough that I'm believing for, I haven't seen in my life. And so I'm still believing. I'm staying positive. Shane, I hear you say I got to renew my mind. So I'm going to have more positive thoughts. But at the end of the day, if I'm honest with myself, I'm a little disappointed. And I don't know if I have all that much more faith anymore. And so I'm coming. And so she's coming to Jesus and she's like, Jesus, I just need you to touch me. And so you know the story. She touched the hem of his garment and Jesus is like, who touched me? That was crazy. That faith. And Jesus turns to her and what blew me away was what he said to her. And it'll be up on the screen. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This is the first and only time in the entire New Testament that Jesus called somebody daughter. It's the only time. And we say it all the time. You're a son and daughter of the king. And you would imagine that Jesus was just throwing that around everywhere. Sons and daughters. It's the only time he said it. Why? Because there was something inside of this gal that needed to be healed that had nothing to do with blood. She had a brain bleed. She was, she was so lost up here in terms of who she is in her identity. And I believe that Jesus wants to speak something over you. And it may not change your circumstances, but it's going to change the wiring and the mapping in your mind. He wants to speak that you're worthy. He wants to speak over you that you are whole and healed. He wants to speak over you that you're not broken. He wants to speak over you that I have much more for you than you believe. He wants to speak over you son and daughter of the most high God. This is where our mind mapping has to start. Because as a man thinks in his heart. So it doesn't do a lot of good for me to 
do the, all the cycle babble Well, I'm going to read some good books and get my mind in a better place. Can I tell you what I need first? I need my heart in a good place. You need your heart healed. We are coming before Jesus right now. And you may be here and you may, may feel like, I don't, I never feel like anyone's fighting for me. Like I kind of feel like I'm doing that on my own. And maybe you have people that are close to you, maybe even a spouse and they try to be there for you. But at the end of the day, you're just like, I, I feel like I'm the only one that gets me and has to fight for me. And so every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight for me. And I can't imagine how alone this lady felt where she had to be the one to walk for days and days bleeding on the side of the road and contend for herself. But Jesus in that moment said, you know what? I will be your father. Your father didn't come today and chase after you and fight for you. So I will do that for you. And I just feel like the Lord's saying that to you that I am fighting for you this year. 2023, I've already gone before you and I'm fighting for you. So you're not alone. You're not alone. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Holy Spirit, we're asking that you begin right now to touch those places in our heart where we've been wounded or disappointed. Places, God, where uh, we feel alone, where we don't feel seen, where we don't feel like we have enough. And Jesus, just like this lady came and, and she was expecting one thing, but really she got something totally different. And she didn't just get healed, but Lord, she, she gained a father. And I pray it as we enter this new year and begin to tackle the idea of renewing our mind that it would start today with you just one step at a time healing our hearts. That, that as we think about ourselves and our life in our heart, it would be different because of our Father and the words you speak over us. Because of the future that you paint for your sons and daughters and that we would begin to believe again and hope again. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Awesome. God bless you. We have awesome things planned for this year and you're a part of it. I'd like to invite um, you to hang out as long as you like today. Uh, we say this every week after church, but um, this, this really is the house of the Lord today. Uh, tomorrow it'll be a banquet hall of some kind. But um, today it's ours. And so uh, we're not in a hurry. We're to just hang out. Uh, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Um, fellowship, as long as you like. And, um, and then uh, in addition, sometimes as a church, we like to kind of go out uh, and share a meal together. Um, we haven't done it in a little while, but because we haven't been together in two weeks, uh, we'd love to just kind of break bread together. So uh, everyone's invited. Uh, we're going to be at Tony Pepperoni, which is right uh, down the street on Grand. It's a big open place with lots of seating. So uh, if you'd like to uh, go with us for that, uh, we'll probably be over there in about 30 or 45 minutes uh, to break some bread. So uh, have an awesome rest of the Sunday, and uh, we'll see you next week.